Hello, my friends. My name is Aureli. Education Monsters is a podcast that discusses multicultural education. Good morning on Education Monsters. Welcome, welcome. And today we have this special guest. His name is Prince. And before we start the episode, I would like to give a huge thank you to Mo and Judy for this amazing microphone. And this is the first episode that I'm using it with. So thank you, friends. Love you guys. So hi, Prince. How are you? Hey, Oli, you okay? I'm good. Thank you very much. Well, it's, it's uh, I would say morning, but it's actually afternoon now as we speak. So good afternoon to you. Everybody good afternoon listening. to you too. And the reason why <laughs> we have this uh, time zone difference is because Prince is in the UK and mm-hmm. he's, he's uh, from London. And yes. I'm going to introduce you to this friend of mine. And so mm-hmm. he went for a bachelor's in sports sciences and due to an injury at his ankle, he went for a VRQ diploma in professional cookery. And it's been five years that he works at a charity being a cook. And he's also the author of Cooking with Colors, available on Amazon. I'll put the link down below if you would like to get it. It's an amazing cookbook with lots of recipes and very good colors and photos. And it's just so nice to have someone that I know like him doing this amazing recipe. He's tried different diets notably the keto diet and he's like full of resources so welcome to you and we'll talk a little bit about who you are okay 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 so um as you said i'm from london i'm, I'm currently living in london and working in london but my uh background i'm originally from congo in africa so i was actually born in congo and i came over here when i was two two years old so i was basically raised in london hence the, the accent you know the sound <laughs> um so when we came over i came over with my sister which is also she's one year younger than me and then the rest of the family well my brothers and other, other brothers and sisters they was born over here in in london so all together was about there's seven of us uh in total so it's a big family four boys three girls you know so the bathroom queue is always the longest it was always the longest uh you know so we have a lot of pros and cons but um yeah so i'm generally from a big family so that's my you know family side of stuff did your parents share with you the story about how they decided to move to london from congo oh that's a good question so not so much now but when i was younger especially so before 1989 congo i believe it was a lot of civil war going on or a lot of poverty or a lot of issues uh, at, at that time so between between France and England, my family actually to better their lives, the better for the lives of their children. So they uh, relocated in London. Some of our family relocated in France. So uh, the main reason why we probably left was just to sort of get a better education, just a, a better overall life. So my mum and dad at the time, I think mum was about say twenty one. Dad was about twenty nine. So yeah, that was in their twenties probably. So. That's how we come to London. What are the main languages for Congo as the national languages? So in Congo, I'm from Congo, um, Kinshasa. So um, Kinshasa or Kin, for sure, is the capital of Congo. And in Kinshasa, we speak Lingala. So our formal language is Lingala. It's a tribal language, I guess, but it's got a mix of French in it as well. And the second language that is actually uh, French. So between Lingala and French, that's what I uh, firstly grew up on. It's only when we come to London and my mum and dad start to speak more English. And then after that, English was the main speaking language in our household. But definitely in Congo, I would say 
Lingala first and then French uh, second. Um, I believe, if, if I'm not mistaken, in certain parts of Congo, like the Brazzaville, nearer to Angola, they also speak Portuguese. If I'm not wrong, I believe they do speak Portuguese also in parts of Congo, small parts of Congo. That's really cool. When was it obvious to you that you had to take French classes and just, was it uh, in relationships mm. to your roots? Was it in relationships to your parents? Mm. Well, do you know what? I've, I've actually always been interested in the actual, the French language itself. Um, I actually I admire it, you know. I, I, I love the, the sounds, the pronunciation. Yeah, I just love everything about it, really. My parents can speak fluent. I actually can't speak fluent. So I, for a while now, wanted to learn. <laughs> Come uh, on, your yeah. French is not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> My first attempt to learn properly was a few years ago but then the only blockage I was really getting I could not get why there was uh, masculine and feminine words for, for basically everything that I, my, my head couldn't uh, understand why there's a difference between masculine and feminine especially coming from uh, the English language where everything's pretty much straightforward or one neutral so that's where I really struggled so yeah so the first time I, le I tried to learn I went for classes actually but yeah I just I, could, I couldn't grasp it you know so I couldn't really grasp it and I think I wasn't trying hard enough it's only now since the pandemic I wanted to remember 2020 in it in a positive light so um, I wanted to make sure that, you know let me come away from this year belt like a language again it was best opportunity best time to do it you know so uh, yeah I thought why not let me take this seriously and then I, I uh, downloaded a few apps and I went on italki I found yourself <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is sort of my journey really so you know I've still got a long way to go but uh, you know within time I hope to be fluent maybe back to France actually worked in France for a little bit as well for a short time but I'd, I'd love to re really go back to France Paris and just work again yeah something I would like to do I don't know with anything going on you know God knows but I would love to try and it's definitely a good opportunity to travel like you were saying you can work in many different countries and mm -hmm. it's not just limited to France or Canada but we have so many countries that speak French not necessarily on the first language but you can get by and definitely expand mm -hmm. your experience and your CV and it's mm -hmm. definitely cool that you're interested in it not just for your family but also for yourself so yes. I know that part of me wants to learn back Cambodian mostly for my family but like when I think of my own opportunity like would I ever use it anywhere else than to speak mm. with my family you know there's like a world around that and there's definitely more than just traveling and discovering there's also like personal fulfillment and it's cool that you're taking on this journey and seeing this pandemic as something positive and optimistic mm. to you know work on something rather than just sit at home and you know being confined this is it because you know again it's good this year's probably going to go down as one of the years that we won't forget i think it's affected everybody really in some shape or form it's affected especially the, the hospitality where I'm, where I'm actually in my field now is uh, expected a lot of cooks and chefs and people in the restaurant industry really struggling with this so uh, definitely if you can get anything positive out of this then yeah I would say say it's a good idea good chance basically mm -hmm. definitely yeah. and also makes you more niche you know when you can speak yeah. languages in the cooking industry like people might see you as well-rounded and also being able to uh, adapt to more cultures and different customers and it's a very good thing to know 
100%. (laughs) So what was your family's reaction when you went on to italki and doing all these apps and putting so much effort? Were they happy for you? You know what? We haven't really spoke directly about this, my progress as such. But, you know, from what they've heard me, maybe on the laptop, they've heard me speaking out loud. They've heard me listening to stuff from my phone. So it's piqued their interest. So I think it's it's nothing but positive. I I don't think it's, it's not it's not going to be a bad thing so again i think they're just glad that i'm actually using the time that i've got you know so it's, it's positive um all in all yeah and especially because they've experienced the traveling and the immigration themselves like i would assume they would not be against you moving back to france and leading your own life mm-hmm. as best as mm-hmm. you see fit definitely definitely so and i like the different cultures i like to experience new things new land so even if it's not france even a french-speaking country like i said at least i can with the french animal belt it will be an advantage for me so yeah so speaking about that about your trip to france how did you mm-hmm. find it and how was the cooking industry over there compared to london yeah yeah do, do you know what they say that a lot of uh, basically the hot france is the home of the actual cooking you know it's it's debatable a lot of french terms we learn in college there are a lot of french tasks or the words or the food that we learn it all comes from france actually so i would say it's definitely the home where you want if you want to learn the basics it could be cooking methods or the actual or certain recipes ideas um i think there's nothing french cuisine can't teach you i think but i would say definitely the experience helped me see different items i could use different ingredients so just open up my eyes a little bit more i would say definitely what's your favorite yeah. food in french cooking in specific french cuisine i would say beef uh, bourguignon standard uh you know loads of red wine <laughs> red meat which i love yeah i would say beef and bourguignon for sure mm-hmm. yeah and when you wrote your book cooking with colors were you inspired mostly by french cooking was that mostly from your own experience uh, from London? So that's a a good question. So with with the book itself, the actual project, it came from an idea actually uh, from when we get into the charity. Uh, So one of the volunteers from the charity actually wanted to do a project like this with with cookbook. So I done the food side of things and he did the actual publishing the book so that's how we came together so yeah so the 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 specific ideas or the menus the dishes actually it's a mix of everything i've learned really from college from hotels from school so it's a basic basic is a mix mishmash of everything that i've sort of had first-hand experience and this one is is um is our first project one of my first projects so it's uh it's aimed at sort of like i would say you know young people or people that just want to get quick quick meals done nothing too complicated not too expensive you know so it's uh and again hence the cooking color so we use loads of ingredients with loads of colors loads of vibrant ingredients produce so i would say it's a mismatch of all my different areas of work what do you call vibrant ingredients do you mean in fruits and vegetables yeah I, i would say that the actual produce itself so we use different greens you know asparagus spinach broccoli different produce from different seasons so we use rhubarb in some of the dishes we've got 
crumbles on there. So yeah, and we've got soups and salads or different seasons basically. We've got stuff that I think is um it's not too complicated for people to actually cook with. That's the main key. It's it's nice and easy, nice and quick. It um, seems like a very great gift for anyone who'd like to begin cooking or for kids who would like to start, you know, uh, in a kitchen with their parents because you mm. have the color, you have mm. also the easiness like you were saying mm. and the fact that it's for everyone it's not mm -hmm. very specialized so it's basically like for any cook but also like do you think it could be a good introduction for um, someone who'd like to get started in educating their kid on how to start in a kitchen and stuff like yeah, that yeah yeah 100% so I would say for sure it's a great start help again it teaches you really the simple dishes where again you can put your own some things and expand it as you will but it's got a lot of the basics on there even it talks about different hints and tips to follow different methods for different items it even talks about some of the equipment you need or you could use you know the different purposes for the equipment so yeah we try and really touch pieces for any new starters coming in there's no, nothing too scary so it's just a good good starter I would say and were the colors in the ingredients what attracted you to cooking at first or did you have like people in your family that cooked a lot how did you grow up like was cooking a yeah. huge family thing uh, so I would say my first hand experience coming cooking is funny because I actually like you said in the intro I actually had an injury with my ankle so I was actually forced to cook to be honest so I was off uni for about half a year six months or so and because of this time I started to look at recipes I could make at home for me uh, nothing too special and then after a while I found that I actually really started to enjoy the process so almost like a, you know having ingredients like it's like an art form so you have ingredients laid out from this ingredients you make an actual meal so I like the process of having a from scratch to the end product for me it was like to really enjoy it I'm very hands-on um, anyway so as soon as I tried this thing tried that thing but before you know it I was trying loads of different recipes and everything so whenever I could so uh, I think and the ball kept rolling from there really would you cook mostly for yourself or for people family friends at the moment I'm only cooking for myself to be honest just because my meals it varies so at the moment I actually sort of like on a keto diet I would say so for others who love carbs and you know bits like that um, <laughs> I, I, I keep Most out of the and this is true so I actually keep out of my meals so maybe it's a bit boring at the minute for someone else to actually enjoy but for me it's good it's good for my health so uh, yes I would say no in fact I wouldn't I wouldn't be specifically cooking for anybody but if anybody asks then more than I would more than uh, like to, to do that yeah so can yeah. you tell us more about this keto diet and how did you find it how did you think mm. it was best for your metabolism for your discipline and mm. how long have you been enjoying this yeah so but first of all from the sports science to the cooking it wasn't hard to adapt because we was doing nutrition uh, very strictly anyway in the sport so we, we was always dealing with food so even for my long 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 time or from my early age I was always, always sportive so I wouldn't say that I put on a lot a lot of weight but I found my needed to shed a few pounds start of the last year to be honest and I thought you know what let me see if I can go on a keto diet and everything that it you know or the list that I would uh, wear from the information that I was gathering it was saying a lot of stuff that I would enjoy anyway so 
your you have you still have your good fats you have your your salmon your egg your avocado you have all the white meat so you have the fish again everything that i love anyway you've got all your greens you can eat so again it was a no-brainer it's just a matter of me trying to shed shed some pounds once i started doing the keto you do feel a bit without the carbs and the rice and the pasta you do feel a bit lethargic or tired now and again but after that slowly goes away whereas off you get, your body gets used to it so then you feel a bit less sluggish uh, a bit more energy and from there i just kept kept going basically so yeah i saw some progress and i followed it progress with my weight going down so i followed it through straight away basically when did you start uh, last i would say last year january um yeah last january yeah so just after christmas last year mm-hmm. and do you yeah. happen to have cheat days where you sometimes eat a bite of carbs? yeah <laughs> that's a good <laughs> question so uh yeah so just um all things it's encouraged to um you know to have cheat days now and again so what i would normally do i would um, at the minute i'm doing oh, for a long time now i'm doing online shopping for groceries on a weekend and then i, t- I tend to only have whatever cheat i'm having on that saturday or sunday so then the if I keep the week clean eating then the weekend then I can uh, have a treat so you know stuff like cheesecake or anything bits of like that I, I will have on the weekend but if I just do it once a week then it's justified I think um, yeah but yeah stuff like chocolates and sweets and again any any desserts really I'll try to just keep it on the weekend only and then a week and do you taste but feel the difference when you don't have uh, carbs and sugar at all because like does it feel like too sweet once you have it because you're you're not used to it on a regular basis anymore yeah i i, I would say uh, if you have a lot of it in one go you do feel a bit icky yeah you do feel a bit um sluggish so yeah i would say it has changed but you know you do still enjoy it to be honest but if i had a decent amount or a lot of the uh, actual whatever i choose in a day then i do feel a bit sluggish after you eat it but for the moment you it's really nice <laughs> i imagine yeah. that you have to cook all sorts of meals at the charity like lasagna other dishes mm involving bread and seeing mm. this on a regular basis at work and the fact mm. that you can't eat it how do you feel about it do you feel like okay because it's accessible i don't have to crave mm. it or oh my god i'm seeing this it's nagging me <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I mean it yeah for because at work i can't serve everybody keto you know so this is the trouble so i would have to actually cook with a lot of carbs since it's only vegetarian meals we don't cook any meat or fish uh, most of our dishes will contain some sort of carbs and the actual uh, guests that the food goes out to uh, they actually do enjoy carbs and all all sorts of ingredients but me personally I'm making dishes with within uh, that includes these carbs uh, yeah I, I mean I don't I don't feel any I'm just it just goes over my head really I don't really think any different I mean if I, I taste it for tasting purposes make sure dishes is okay but I won't have a bowl of some Something. just i've got discipline so yeah this is it maybe the once or twice i might try you know a little bit but most times i'm normally okay it's not yeah no big deal yeah. <laughs> food is a huge love for most of us yeah yeah indeed indeed have you mostly tried yeah. restaurants in london uh yeah yeah so i've tried restaurants in london i've also tried restaurants outside london as well actually um and some restaurants i've had in in france but the thing about london is we can get any cuisine in london any one you fancy just a matter of uh booking maybe these times you have to order in takeaway but most of the times London can get a variety of literally all over the world you can get um, South Asian South American you know African Indian all sorts of different dishes yeah what are your yeah. thoughts uh, when people say that food in London tastes very very 
blend. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I uh, I would have to um, disagree really because I would just say it, it, it depends where you go. Uh, yeah. Talking about food, we can also talk about tea because that's also mm. one of our rituals for our French classes. So yes. how important is the tea when you take a meal, when you prepare something? Like, does it have to come with a meal? Do you, do you know what? Me personally, just one of my likes or, you know, one of the stuff that I enjoy is um, green tea. And not just green tea, but any, well, a lot of um, herbal teas like uh, fennel. I've had a peppermint tea or um, nettle. Um, so any herbal tea, I really like the after effect on my body personally it just keeps me cleansed I, I feel like uh, I do have a lot of green teas actually a day I like the healthy effect it has on me just keeps everything everything cleanse the body cleanse I, I would say so mm -hmm. yeah. you know how in France we associate meal times with social times and yeah. it's the case in England that tea time is also a time to see your friends and your family and to discuss and to gather up yeah 100% I would say you know if um, anybody from London would tell you that you know as, as soon as you wait wherever you go indoors to a house or to work the first thing you do is put the kettle on so you know or when you put the kettle on it's always going to be tea or coffee um, but in, that's just like standard in London you can even literally have an afternoon tea which includes your normal tea with additional uh, little snack snack bites as in your scones your little cakes uh, sandwiches with the tea so I think it's like it's a ritual for Londoners to have tea literally first thing in the morning straight after work when you come home so yeah yeah it's a big big deal so did you remember in one of our French classes we're talking about the Battenberg cake yes yes indeed <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> So that's a funny cake. It's after reading the book To Curious Incident of the Dog at Nighttime. It's this book mm -hmm. happening in England and one of the characters offers Battenberg cake and tea mm -hmm. to one of the other character. And I just mm -hmm. to know what it was. They just described it with like yellow squares and pink squares. And I went to you and I said, <laughs> Do people eat this? Because I've never yeah. heard this in my entire life. And it's funny since in France we learned the English from England, the British English. And never yes. have we been introduced to Battenberg cake. <laughs> so with the Battenberg cake, I would say firstly, it's it's on the highest higher end scale end of the actual what you would normally get from the uh, supermarket or the shops so I mean it's pricey within reason it's a bit higher than your, your normal any standard cake that you will see on the shelf so the actual cake itself is very sweet very very sweet so having to, you won't put one bite is probably enough as you said it's a basically four squares of actual a sweet cake loaf so it's got pink and yellow colours on opposite ends and it's got a marzipan I believe wrapped around the actual square which again gives it that sweet kick and um, but it's just, uh, I think it's known uh, for its looks, you know, it represents, I would say, royalty. London, royal, royal, a posh cake, yeah. <laughs> royalty. <laughs> yes, I would say so. <laughs> Interesting, because I, I did hear that Elizabeth II, like her favourite tea was the Earl Grey. Yes, yes, indeed, yeah. So I think the, the main thing is that it is on the, the highest scale, uh, higher scale of prices. That's why you look to it as uh, being a, a royal, royal cake, I would say, for sure. So yeah. if you have tea time around five, what time do people have dinner? Yeah, do you know what? Dinner would be, I would say, or I would push tea ta time just before five. I mean, I, I would say dinner is dinner's about five to six. So tea time will be about three o'clock because in London you probably have your so if I start from the top you'll have your breakfast at nine o'clock and then your lunch will be about midday and then you have 
early dinner, which is at five. And then you can also have a supper. Supper's about seven o'clock, I would say so. But that's a typical, typical timings. But again, it's not stuck all the times to that. That's just a rough, rough sort of guide. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Indeed. When you, your parents and your sister came to London, did they reinforce these rituals and those um, mm. cakes and uh -huh. tea time <laughs> to make sure you have this uh, English education? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> no, I would say they, they didn't, to be honest, uh, because they come over with their own sort of Uh, ways of doing things you know so they just carried on what, whatever they learned in Congo so you know I don't think uh, we, we we was involved in part any specific rituals that we follow in London so but again in London because it's so versatile where we live also in London in near, near Tottenham it's a lot of Afro-Caribbean communities here so again you can find your own food here to be honest so it's not like you're left stranded you can walk down the road down to the high road shops you can uh, pick up what you normally eat back home come back and cook it so that's why there was never forced there they're just lucky for them actually they was able to carry on where they left off so did they did they have family here in Tottenham funny thing is that they all come over together maybe within a couple of months apart so they all came over at the same time ish so before arrival no we, I would say we, we never had family here so no they, we, we just had to sort of uh, really stand on our own over here and uh, sort of make our own way that's how we got things started right now as an adult with distance and retrospect how do you feel in terms of cultural identity mm, uh, so 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 I would say because I haven't actually been back to Congo since I came over when I was two it's hard for me to identify solely on Congolese nationality so just because I was born, raised here I went to school here you know worked here all my life so I would say that British is what I, I can relate to more but again maybe in time I go back to Congo you know I see if I can get in, back in touch with my roots that would be a good good start so yeah but for the minute I would say definitely I relate more to the British side of things yeah and how we work over there so would you have this um loyalty to england uh oh yeah i guess so yeah <laughs> i would say half and half Yeah, what did yeah. you think about the Brexit? Uh, well, in terms of how it's going to affect me, it has it because within the uh, hospitality and the catering, we're going to be hit definitely. All from what I've heard, the groceries, the produces price is going to go up. It's going to be hard to actually to, to buy what we, what we're used to buying. So maybe we, we won't feel the effects now, but in the years to come, we, we are going to feel the effect of Brexit. You know, so again, it's the decision for the good or bad. You know, it's debatable. But uh, I think we're going to feel the effects for sure for the worse when it comes to the direct contact with you know, any kitchens or catering. Yeah, thank you so much for your time on this podcast. And it was really, really eye-opening to learn about the career of um, as being a cook. And it seems mm -hmm. like a great blessing that in the end you got this injury on your ankle, even though I'm sure it was not fun at the time, but it led you to no. <laughs> so passionate about And yeah. also changing your lifestyle, you know, like going on to a, a keto diet for almost a year. It's mm -hmm. huge, man. It's yes. really huge. So congrats. And I feel like you're one of the strongest person I know. <laughs> thank you very much. Very much appreciated. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much for coming on this podcast. And do you have a last piece of advice for our listeners? Uh, yeah, I would just say, you know, just try and, uh, well, in, in regards to food, 
within the pandemic, uh, I know you got there's a lot of worries and a lot of stuff going on, but you can try and uh, find yourself, find a, a healthy relationship with food, try and get some um, recipes under your belt. It's not as uh, hard as it looks. Uh, once you get into the swing of things, it's very enjoyable. Even start from getting a book, you know, follow a cookbook, follow a guide. So I would say just try and have a healthy relationship with food definitely Mm -hmm. yeah and if you get a chance you can get cooking with colors on amazon link below yes thank you very much for having me appreciate it thank you and have a great day if you love the podcast you can check out my blog education monsters it's education-monsters.com you can also support my project on multicultural education by donating on my patreon page the link is posted below If you make a donation, you could have a shout-out on my next article or podcast. You could also choose the subject of my new article or podcast. And if you need French or English lessons, meet me on the italki platform. I'll put the link below. Shoot me a message as well if you'd like to be a guest on my podcast. And may today be the best day of your life. Bye.